Welcome back, everyone, to Worlds Beyond with Cam and Ron and Jen today. Jen is back to join us for another Yeah, thanks for joining us today, Jen. No problem. Thanks for having me again, guys. Today we are here to discuss Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. What is purportedly the final installment of Indiana Jones. It sounds as though... Sounds as though they're they're not thinking of spinning it off into some other like you know legacy character taking over. Right. For him. It seems uh, it seems like Harrison Ford wants it to be one and done with him. He he doesn't want it recast or anything. I, I mean I don't really even know how much control he has over that, but they seem to be sticking with that for now. Yeah, and I, I think for the better we'll get more into that as far as like you know, the characters in this particular film. But overall reactions, Cam, you want to start? Uh, Yeah, I guess I'll start. I would say I was overall pretty whelmed by this movie. <laughs> I wasn't overwhelmed. I wasn't underwhelmed. It was just a fairly decent action movie, but I felt that it didn't really capture a lot of the spirit of what I like about Indiana Jones. It leaned more towards a generic feeling for me with the exception of a few scenes which we'll get into i won't say i did uh, i hated it as much as like the last jedi or rise of skywalker uh it was a little bit more competently made than that and the adventure and action was fun enough that i was fairly invested but i'm not sure i would include it in a uh full series watch through just because i feel like even last crusade uh has a better kind of wrap up for indie and I, and I will always defend Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I think that is a good end cap to his series as well. So I this felt kind of unnecessary to me overall. That's a good point. Jen, what were your total overall thoughts? Um, I kind of disagree with Cam. <laughs> um, I huh. loved it. I thought they did a fantastic job with keeping with the character. Um, I did rewatch all of the Indiana Jones movies. And Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was probably my second least favorite I think Temple of Doom definitely not not a fan of that one at uh-huh. all. But um, I don't know. I, I don't know if it was just the aliens or something in it. But there was something about that movie that I just didn't didn't really vibe with me. So for this ending on a different note, if this is going to be the last part, um, I thought that was even better because I liked it that much better of an ending and kind of how everything ended up with him still just being Indiana Jones in being eld- you know elderly. I should say <laughs> I shouldn't really call him elderly, but being older and still keeping <laughs> up with is. like that action persona, I found it to be really fantastic. And um, like I said, just really true to the series. Yeah. My overall reaction, I really enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. Uh, I do agree with you, Cam, that they sort of, that this is, they did wrap the series with the way they wrapped crystal skull. And so they're kind of doing it again. Uh, definitely. Uh, but overall, I thought I, re- I really enjoyed it. I loved the opening set piece. I loved, you know, a lot of the chase scenes and a lot they had seemed to me it had a lot of the, you know, searching for stuff in caves and exploring and, mm-hmm. uh, and then different, you know, uh, just things escalating as the, as the, as it progressed through the, ver- through the acts. And the one thing I will say is, and a lot of people are commenting on it, you know, same thing with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Was aliens or interdimensional beings taking it a little too far? Maybe. I enjoyed that one. And so for this one, was going back in time and, and you know, witnessing a, a Roman battle too much? Mm. I, I don't know. I have my thoughts on the ending. Maybe I'll save those so we can have kind of just talk about the ending as a... 
as an overall thing. But overall, I, I really enjoyed it. I don't know where I would rate this among all of them. Probably, you know, I would say, I guess if, if you have to get into that now, I guess think about it, <laughs> thinking about it. I, I would say probably Raiders is my number one. Mm. Last Crusade, number two. I don't I don't know which I would pick between Temple of Doom and Crystals. Well, yes, Temple of Doom. Oh, gee, yeah, I don't know. Between the, the bottom three, I, I, I can't really say. I guess I put Temple of Doom at the bottom, and it's a tie between this one and Crystal Skull, which one I like the most or least. Probably mm. I'm leaning a little more towards this one. See, it's interesting. I really love Temple of Doom and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, even though I recognize they're not, in terms of quality, the best ones. But they're the ones that made the uh, had the most impact on me, just because like I feel like Temple of Doom was one of my first real horror experiences. Seeing a horror movie, even though it's not a straight horror movie, the scene where obviously he rips the guy's heart out that I just remember just freaking me out so much. Like I'd never seen anything like that on film before, and and just now seeing how how where i go creatively in terms of cults and evil demons and stuff i think that has uh kind of skewed my love for that film maybe a little bit and then obviously i love aliens and the whole roswell and psychic connection in uh kingdom of the crystal skull is uh makes it one of my favorites but in terms of quality i definitely have to go with raiders and uh Last Crusade. So for me, it's a it's really a huge toss up. I'm not sure if I could really f- even barely rank them. But in terms of this film, I just kind of felt like it was maybe about 30 minutes of actual substantial plot and dialogue and two hours of chase scenes, chase scenes, chase scenes that weren't. I like the astronaut celebration chase scene at the beginning. That was great. Fantastic. Uh, I agree. That was one of my favorite parts. The opening chase scene was very well done. I loved, with the exception of weird Clayface Harrison Ford, I loved <laughs> all the effects and and stuff. But I just felt like it went on so, so, so long and there was not any new information being gathered. And I went back and I watched the intro to Raiders and I watched the intro to Crystal Skull. And both of those are fif- about 15 minutes long. And just so much, I just felt like so much more happened in all of the, in those, whereas... This one just felt like it was a lot of spinning the wheels and the whole movie kind of felt like that. I just felt like it could have been trimmed way down. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. The opening sequence, that was one, was one of my favorite parts of the movie. That's one of the parts that made me feel like it, we were hearkening back to that sort of old school mm. Indiana Jones. I agree it was way long and, you know, de-aging CGI is always going to be, you know, in some scenes, some angles that he looked really good and other angles not so much right, yeah uh but uh, it's still pretty impressive just the whole call back to him going up against the nazis and all that that stuff i just really enjoyed that that set me up for the rest of the experience of the movie but i, I do agree that that part was long yeah the new york stuff was great oh yeah it it did feel like we just were kind of setting up one chase scene after another as you went through the movie but i i found them mostly enjoyable and only only the initial opening sequence is the one that really kind of felt too long. I can agree with that statement too. It was a little long. I think that they were kind of patting themselves on the back for doing a pretty good job of the de-aging CGI. Right. Oh, yeah, and we're really definitely. like, yeah. you know, focusing on that. They could have cut that down. Um, but I agree with Ron. I love the fact that it was about the Nazis again. Um, I do think I liked the time travel aspect a little 
better and almost more believable to me than some of the religious artifact aspects from the previous right, movies yeah. and you know how I feel about the aliens mm. so <laughs> goes without saying <laughs> but um that patriotic scene was so like that the astronaut parade was so fantastic with a you know the confetti coming and, and Harrison Ford on the mm. horse and you know going through the streets I really thought it was perfect timing too with July 4th coming up we saw it right before you know the holiday weekend oh, yeah. and I thought that was excellent timing uh, because it did feel so patriotic and it was really fun to see Harrison Ford back in action it is the same I think the same types of chase scenes over and over again they're very similar same thing with the fight scenes mm. very very similar choreographed very similarly but also brought back that nostalgia from the prior movies there was a there was a lot of callback in this film. I think, obviously, the Helena Shaw character Phoebe Walter Bridge was a call was was a callback to what did he call? What was Shia LaBeouf's character's name? Uh, Mutt. Oh uh, yeah, Mutt. That was a callback From- to him. Obviously, the kid Teddy was a callback to Short Round. Yep. All uh, right. Mads Mikkelsen felt like he felt like a callback to several villains. I thought he, he always does a great job as a villain. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, but he's there a was very creepy Nazi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there were several callbacks in both the the staging of the action scenes, the way they looked for stuff. Obviously, they did the snakes with the eels. And the, <laughs> yep, he uh, hates snakes. All of that stuff. So th- there was a lot of callbacks, I think, to the previous films, and I think they did that in that sort of way of just kind of wrap, trying to wrap everything up. I was impressed with the way that they figured out how to write out their son's character, Mutt's character, that he had gone on. Yeah, that, that was that was fairly emotional. I thought they did a good job handling that as best as they could. Yeah, they didn't dwell on it, but they did mention it enough that, you know, you did, and you did feel sad. It was almost like you did lose a character, you know? I feel like they were kind of stretching for this uh, goddaughter relationship. Yes. And no, I feel like she was too underdeveloped, uh, and and, like, I just didn't believe that, either of them would care about each other enough to go. She, I think she had a huge change of heart. Like kind of suddenly she was like, we need to go save him. And she was all like emotional. And it just it felt like it kind of came out of nowhere uh, just because it had to. Her character, I think was one of the most inconsistent parts mm. of the movie. Yeah, um, it was borderline annoying. Yeah. Her, her character and the way she acted and then just completely changed halfway through right. the movie or three quarters of the way through the movie, whatever it was, was strange. I, I'm, I, I'm, I was glad when we got to the end and it doesn't seem like they're going to hand over the torch to her because I mean, she, she seems like a fine actor, but I just, I, I didn't care for her casting in that role. I just could have seen so many other female actors in this role that, that I think would have connected a lot better. But again, but they didn't do the, they didn't do the character right, yeah. any favors with how they wrote it. Yeah, well, that's kind of how I was thinking. I feel like they just didn't give her like I kind of liked what they were kind of going for. Like it was almost like she was right. the inverse of Indiana Jones, but like she didn't really have enough. Not 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 that she didn't have enough to do, but there wasn't a whole lot there, and they were kind of playing with how shifty her character was, and it was really hard to like her. And then I just felt like. She just kind of started well, yeah. carrying out of nowhere. Exactly, it but it, it, it was when they got to that sort of end of the second act, rise, you know, rising tension, second point kind of thing. And once, once the plot mm. needed her to change her her tune, right? They she changed her tune. You know what I mean? Uh, like on the boat, you know, 
And right. And uh, well, I never, yeah, I never, after she switched the first time, like when she was kind of playing all of them on the boat, I never thought that she was, I always knew that she was going to have some greater plan and try to escape. But then they kind of hinted that she might go back and then they yeah. kind of just fizzled out. I think out. I would have preferred to see almost like a Lara Croft, like Tomb Raider-esque <laughs> kind of persona maybe for that role a little more. It just seemed um, a little unbelievable that she was in it that much you know, just really for the money, um, especially everything that her father's character went right. through, his obsession with trying to find the Dial of Destiny and everything that happened. Um, I found it a little far-fetched that she was just so cold and so obsessed with, you know, trying to find it just to sell it on the black market. Yeah, and poor Toby Jones, he plays the old doddering professor in like just just about every every movie he's in. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think it, you juxtapose that with the Mutt character from crystal skull at least they played him as like this just he had no idea about indiana jones or what he was all about he was just a total fish out of water through the whole movie that worked better than Mm. having her being like sort of this surrogate indiana jones but then she's not but she was obviously a mother figure to this kid the way they wrote her character was just kind of all over the place yeah i feel like they they didn't quite know exactly where they wanted to go with her either i feel like there were there were a lot of rumors that there was reshoots. They say there wa- wasn't reshoots. I based on how the ending looked, I could tell. I feel like there was a lot of kind of fill in green screen mm. shots where it needed to be. Uh, I guess there was there was some wild rumors, but I I do have a feeling they might have toyed with her being a more Indiana Jones character towards the end, and people didn't like that, so they they went with a different direction. But uh, I feel like they didn't really have any solid idea of what they wanted to do. And that's kind of like how I feel about the whole movie. It just felt very much like, oh, well, we have Indiana Jones. We And it just didn't feel like enough of a big event to me. I was t- kind of talking to uh, Ron about this a little bit, but Crystal Skull was an idea that they, that Indiana or um, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg have had since the 90s, I think. And they've been kind of toying with that. Whereas this just felt like, a bunch of people came together and said, all right, well, we haven't done time travel yet. We got to do time travel. So they just kind of concocted this very thin story over some decent action scenes and called it a day. I just didn't feel like there was any heart. But that being said, there was a lot of individual stuff I liked. I thought Harrison Ford, as much as he could have phoned it in, Mm. I thought he was great. I didn't, I felt like he didn't have a whole ton to do. A lot of his action scenes, I felt like were him driving or him, sitting somewhere or very minimal uh kind of action uh but over there were some action scenes i thought were like fun and uh uh he did a good job and uh mads mickelson like we already said was also very good uh as the villain and some of those side characters even Mm. though they didn't have a lot to do uh i thought were cast very well that one kind of slick back hair yeah 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 he was a very unlikable villain which he should have been yeah so yeah i was glad he got his and i i, I joked to jen after we saw it that uh they made a point of in that first scene in this in 1969 when they show harrison ford getting up out of his chair they made a point to show him with his shirt off and looking very in shape for his age as a, I think that was a way to like well, just try to make it more believable, but more believable that he's going to be able to run around and do all this stuff that he was about to do. Right. So I thought that was funny. 
Also, too, you mentioned side characters, Cam. Um, the was it an FBI agent, Neeson? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, well, there was I a whole CEI connection purpose. in that movie. <laughs> that there was a lot of stuff I felt that was brought up in the beginning that was dropped. Like there was the connection between the CIA uh, or FBI, Mickelson. and and that was kind of just dropped out. And the, like they were meeting the president or something like that. I didn't quite mm-hmm. get that. I feel like that was kind of a hint towards Operation Paperclip or something, but yeah, they were positioning Mads Mikkelsen as sort of like a Werner von Braun. Right. So, but it's like he had his own flunkies with him, and then he had the CIA agents and that Mason character that Jenra uh, mentioned. I wonder that makes me think about reshoots because it seemed like she was going to be important for something, right. and then she just ends up getting blown away. Yeah, and then that was so. dropped. And and I, I also didn't, I kind of forgot that he was almost framed for murder at the beginning. They kind of set that up to be a big roadblock, and then it wasn't really. He just drove to the airport and got on a plane, and that was it. I thought that was a little strange, and they never really brought that up again. Not that it needed to be, right. but it just seemed weird that they even had it happen in the first place. Yeah, when you think of all those sort of, like, little threads be a character or or strictly plot that kind of just started and then just got dropped you want yeah you want i bet this i bet this movie had a lot of work done mm. it seemed it. like they hadn't like they didn't really quite know what they wanted to do until the last minute uh which for it, it's i guess it's good that it turned out as well as it did for that uh, I guess I, I haven't commented at all on the time travel. I have to say I was very skeptical about it going in. I did buy it for the most part. I, I, I'm kind of going back and forth on whether I like the whole like time fisher thing. On one hand, mm. I feel like it made it a little bit more believable. But on the other hand, there was like the, they I felt like they were throwing out so many like confusing concepts just just to make it seem like they kind of had some idea of how it worked. Like, oh, well. He could figure out the math where the time fishers, and then when they were actually flying into the time fisher, I didn't quite get. Like I knew what they were doing, but I didn't get ha- like the connection between the continental drift and how that factored into. I mean, it just obviously it, they did what they needed to do, and it ended up being kind of funny uh, once they fly in. But I, it just felt like I, I can't tell if I bought into it or didn't buy into it or or how much I would have liked to have that explained. But then obviously once they go into ancient Rome and everything that I thought it was just so out of left field and so ridiculous. I thought it was very funny. I really liked that part. I thought the limitation on the time travel was good. It wasn't like this open-ended fissure. Like you said, you can go from, you know, anywhere to anywhere. Mm. It was literally bringing it back to Archimedes time during that one point in history. And that was the only capability of the time fissure. Like I felt like that right. was, I was, I, I was curious. I, I don't quite understand why they thought it was going to bring them back to uh, Nazi Germany and, uh, and yeah. like where that miscalculation went and, and specifically how the continental drift played into all of that. But I mean, ultimately it doesn't really matter. I thought that he was um, using the continental drift idea to, to kind of off, yeah, yeah to throw him off i didn't think that oh was yeah maybe he, really yeah. part of it yeah maybe he, just he so just he wouldn't go out. through right. the time vision yeah but um either way i thought they did a pretty good job i didn't know if they necessarily needed to meet yes. archimedes i yeah. think yeah. Martin and i kind of discussed it when we were leaving the theater we were like uh eh. it, it was cool that they were there and it was i thought really great to see him using the machines that he had talked about earlier mm. that it actually did take place um, cause he did mention there was evidence that these, um, metal claws were snatching ships out of the ocean, right. but 
they really had no proof. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. And when they were opening Archimedes' tomb, they had the birds mm. on the side yeah, with that propellers. Was but Archimedes never went forward in time. It was because they visited him mm. that they were able to see that these, you know, objects of the future actually existed. So I kind of loved that tie-in after the fact when I realized that's what it meant. Yeah. And yeah, as Jen was saying, I thought the going back in time and seeing the technology and seeing the battle and, and mm. having all their, you know, uh, suppositions confirmed about how that took place was great. Where it's so I, where it started to stretch my believability was just when they end up like meeting and talking to Archimedes and they have him to just walk right up together right, and yeah. thing and they're having this half English, half Greek conversation. <laughs> That's where it started to just get like, okay. And then the whole I didn't understand the whole he wanted to stay, she said he had to come back. Why was she so insistent that Right because you know, yeah. I could have totally seen him staying. Mm. And but they just uh, why I mean ultimately the way they did I mean I wonder you, you almost wonder is there a version of the script where he did stay there uh, yeah I think and that's they, probably they just what happened it? Uh, I mean I think it's very telling that Karen Allen wasn't in the rest of the movie except for the very yes, last scene uh, exactly that that's my point because the way they explained the whole mutt situation. I was convinced she just was not going to be in the movie. Right. And then the divorce papers, how they didn't. Right. And then the picture of her on the fridge. I did kind of, we, I didn't think we were going to see her. I am glad they brought her back, though. Um, I thought their characters had a lot of great chemistry mm-hmm. um, throughout the other movies and stuff. So I was happy to see her come back at the end. And I do agree with um, the goddaughter's, you know, affirmation that Harrison Ford could not stay or Indiana Jones couldn't stay back in that oh, time yeah. because he would change the past. Right. And they couldn't do that. So I, I can understand that. But she wasn't very archaeologically, like, in tuned with it. She mm. was really just supposed to be this character that was looking for the money. So that was, like, a kind of a strange change of heart that she was so adamant about him coming back. Because true to her character, she probably wouldn't have cared. She would have just left. Mm. And the, the funny thing is my expectation going into that time travel final sequence, I thought they were going to go back to Nazi Germany and have this big standoff with Hitler and oh, yeah. and, and, all, and all the, you know, Nazi soldiers and had this big kind of like crazy adventure back then and then, and, you know, and eventually foiled their plans and, and find their way back. So I was almost kind of like looking forward more to that mm. than what we actually got. But, but, but it was fine. I thought the, I thought Mads Mikkelsen's character could have died I mean, uh, all the Indiana Jones movies have to have a crazy death at the end, but I didn't think they mm. really paid that off very well. They just kind of crashed into the countryside. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I did like seeing all the the Romans and firing their antique weapons at the and them them just kind of like mowing mowing Romans down with the machine gun. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> That was funny, and and the the fact that the Romans were able to take out a couple of the take out right, the plane. yeah, that was great. So, final thoughts on the Dial of Destiny? Yeah, my final thoughts are not bad, not as bad as I was kind of worried it was going to be. Uh, but I I felt like it was kind of just like you could have given this to anybody. It it lacked that real Spielbergian kind of sense of wonder and adventure to me uh it just Mm. felt a little bit more generic than the other ones but in terms of a generic action movie not too bad 
pretty pretty entertaining. Um, I thought that it was a great throwback. I thought it would be a good ending. Although at the end, I do love how he grabbed his hat back. Mm. It's almost like he's not ready to give that mantle back. I wouldn't be shocked to see some kind of a last Indiana Jones where he actually does find someone that he hands it off to. Um, I don't think it's going to be a direct descendant or family member, unfortunately. Um, but I do have hope that that might continue the series a little further. Maybe have Harrison Ford with, you know, one last hurrah and passing it on because I do love the character of Indiana Jones. I love, you know, the search for treasure and all of the kind of archaeological, you know, him being a dorky professor and, and, you know, solving all these ancient mysteries. I think it's, um, you know, a really just, really enjoyed it and i hope that they can continue the series and and do a little more with it but overall great movie love the action scenes and i was i was pleasantly surprised hmm. i would say and for me especially based on the pre-hype that was kind of not so great mm. uh, i enjoy was this movie really necessary uh, that's debatable but i enjoyed it for what it was i, I had a great time and it was better it was better than i expected it was going to be honestly yeah, I would agree with that. Right, so that is a wrap on Indiana Jones number five. So we've got some things coming up. Secret Invasion is underway. We'll be recapping that. We're unlike uh, some past Marvel shows where we, if it was a six or eight episode show, we did we do a half and half. I think we're, for this one, we're just gonna mm. let the let the whole thing marinate and then discuss it afterwards uh, the Ahsoka show was coming up I don't know we were just talking briefly I don't know that there are really any big genre movies coming out over the rest of the summer not until yeah I guess Marvel's is the next one or Mission Impossible yeah. maybe yeah a lot of stuff out there well it leaves us some room to maybe discuss our Halloween movies mm. yes we have a lot of uh, fun fall scary fall <laughs> scary Movies. fall things coming up we've already sort of started uh, we might even do uh, a little recap of some a few recent horror movies that we all have happened to see so mm. that might be a good lead in for that so lots of things to come I'll give my each episode announcement and public service message to please watch Lockwood & Co on Netflix and we need to get that renewed for another season whether on Netflix or another service provider mm-hmm. but watch that show read those books and i guess we will see you the next time around thanks for joining us guys bye thank you bye.